2: He's Andy Baskin. We go to the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. Our favorite former offensive lineman joins us right now. He played for the Niners. He played for the Vikings. He was in Arizona. He was at Ohio State. He was at St. Ed's. He's Alex Boone. Hello, Booney. Booney. What's up, guys? How are you? I am fabulous. How are you? Good. 38 carries by running backs last night. Boom, boom, boom. 172 yards. You win a football game against your division rival. Your thoughts?
1: Um, amazing! I think that when you let Nick Chubb do what he does and Kareem Hunt, it's going to let everything flow with the team. But most importantly, you got to give a huge shout out to that defense. They were everywhere, and what that D line did, they were all over the place. And that was really the fuel for the fire, and they needed it, and it just helped carry the offense down the field the entire time.
3: Hey, when you look at the Browns' offensive line, and we, you know, we talk about Bill Callahan all the time. How is he able to do this? I mean, I mean, he takes guys that you've never heard of and makes him into rock-solid offensive linemen in the NFL. I just, I'm curious, when you look at the Browns' offensive line, what do you see and what, what is that impact that Bill Callahan's had on this team?
1: Bill Callahan's been doing this for a very long time. I mean, they call him Callahan parts because he's one of those guys that's just been around and he's reliable. And I think, like you said, the one thing that makes him so good is his coachability and his ability to get a young player or a player that just came in and said, listen, this is how I do things and this is how I expect them. And I think that that's huge when it's for an offensive lineman when you set the bar. But not only that, but when you get out there and you have running backs behind you like that, it's got to be so fun and so exhilarating to go out there and be able to just stomp a divisional foe. It's awesome on Monday night.
2: A couple of plays last night, Alex, I thought were really cool play designs by the Browns. Nick Chubb scored the three-yard touchdown. And on that play, they checked in two additional offensive linemen. So they had seven offensive linemen and a tight end on the field. So eight guys up front, blocking for Nick Chubb, and he he went in easily. And then on the next play, they went for two, and they sent James Hudson back up right tackle in motion, and he just devoured somebody over on on the left side and cleared the way for Nick Chubb. As a lineman, those types of plays, what do they do for your mentality? And and I thought it was really cool because it was creativity – without a whole lot of risk.
1: I'm so glad you said that. It's creativity while throwing extra big boys out there. And for years, years and years, people never thought you could do that. All oh, the old linemen, they're just big sloppy jalopies. Like, that's what they used to think, and now you see guys in motion. And you know who really started all this was Kyle Shanahan when he put Trent Williams in motion, and people were like, oh, my gosh, it works. It will actually work. And now you see everybody doing it. But when you shift to the Wildcat, how unbelievable to have the defense, like, complete panic, Nick Chubb catches the ball and just barrels it right down the A-gap. As an offensive lineman, that's what you want to see, pure domination. Bring in the extra big boys. Let's get a little creative, but at the same time, we're keeping it simple.
3: Booney, trade deadline today at 4 o'clock. Tell me what it's like to be a player on trade deadline day.
1: Oh man, I mean if you're one of those guys on the bubble, it's it's a little nerve wracking and there's guys that kinda of get a little distant from the team and then after the trade deadline they come back around and you're like, Hey buddy, I knew you weren't going anywhere. Don't worry about it. But <laughs> some guys take it personal, you know, they're like, you know, I don't want to be here anymore, I'm dead and all this and you're like, dude, come on. stop it. Stop being like that. Just get over here and come play football with us.
2: If <laughs> if you're the Browns and you're sitting at three and five. And there have been some big names that have been thrown out as possible trade candidates, Kareem Hunt, Jack Conklin, Jadavion Clowney. What do, you, what do you do, Alex? Because you're, you're not a, a hot playoff contender right now, but you certainly kept your playoff hopes alive last night.
1: I think you do exactly what you do. You go in and you get back to work. And you- say hey listen we beat the Cincinnati Bengals that's a step in the right direction we think we're going to the playoffs that's one of our steps now we got to continue to grow and I think you just continue to roll I mean there's always going to be this trade deadline stuff and, and honestly as players some guys take it personal some don't some don't even care whatever dude if I get trade I get traded. for the most part I just want to get here and get better like I said last night was a dominating effort on Monday night kind of like a hey we're still here resurgence that's what they needed and now they're back and now you take another step and say how do we get even better we got to continue to roll this train forward as much as we can, guys. We got a little step up now. Let's go back and get the Ravens later.
3: Yeah, I keep thinking about that three and five compared to you know two and six and how how huge that is. And then I'm also wondering what the mindset is then. And I think you touched on it just a little bit there too. But when you walk into a locker room that's three and five compared to two and six, I just it's got to be night and day as far as
1: just keeping morale up. Oh, absolutely, dude. Two and six is very tough. I mean, you're looking down the barrel, it's impossible. Like guys. We really. We really dug ourselves in a hole. But three and five, and you just beat the Bengals, you could turn around and say, hey, listen, we did something good. Let's continue to do this. We don't have to always rely on our defense to get the spark going. Maybe the offense gets it going. And you know what? I love that Amari Cooper was like that play that I did was just so bad. So bad. Enough of those. Let's not, let's not do that anymore. Let's just continue to churn butter through the A gap. I love that.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, when, when guys get traded around the trade deadline, Alex and Alex Boone joining us, former NFL offensive lineman, local guy, St. Ed, St. Edward High School, played for the Eagles. When, when guys get traded at this time of the year, you know, they're traded for draft choices. What's the feeling like in a locker room when it comes to draft choices? Because everybody wanted to be one, you know, at some point, wanted to be a high one. But like if, if the talk of Kareem Hunt for a fifth round pick or something like that. I would think that that would be insulting to many guys in the locker room to think that that's all they're worth is a late-round draft choice.
1: I think when you look at that, there's a little more politics that come into it, a little more business. I don't think, you know, I mean, you might laugh a little bit when like somebody gets traded and they're like, for a conditional seventh rounder, you're like, dude, what? But after that it's all politics and business you can't really look at that kind of thing but I think the most important thing is when you do get a trade a guy that comes traded in or when you see a guy get traded out and you're like are we about to tank this season are we are we doing this right now is this really happening that's when you start to have to pull everybody in like hey let's not do anything other than come to work and have fun and just continue to play football
3: when do you learn that though when do you learn that it's politics and business
1: as soon as you step in I mean they let you know from jump it's it's kind of funny because you just, you get the feeling and the vibe from everybody around you and the way that they talk to you and the way that you're like, man, I'm not in college anymore. I'm expected to be a man, a big boy. They tell you how it is. Hey, deal with it. Get the hell out of my office. Things like that. You're like, okay, I got it. It's all business now.
2: I've always kind of thought Alex and tell me what what you think of this. When you get drafted, and I've always tried to say to to folks, keep your personal emotions out of this. You're not playing for the Minnesota Vikings or for the Cleveland Browns or the the fill-in-the-blank. You're actually playing for the National Football League. And with rare exception, they're going to assign you where you're going to be assigned. But fans want to believe that they're playing for the Browns. Well, kind of, yeah. yeah. How, How do players approach it, and how do agents teach players to approach it? Well, I think it's just – it's like you've been on so
1: many teams your whole life that now you're just kind of looking at it. How do I fill in? What are my expectations? And and honestly, nowadays, anybody's up for a trade. Anybody can lead. I mean, after Tom left New England, all bets were off. I mean, after – that was like, my gosh, anything can happen. Anybody can get cut, traded. Anybody can go anywhere and do anything. But for the most part, like, when you deal with stuff like that, it's a little interesting to see some of the guys' reactions when they come in the room. Like, they're kind of like, hey, I'm here. Like – We've had guys that have gone from bad teams to come to our team that were really good and they get really excited. You've had guys get traded away to maybe a mediocre team and they're like, oh, nothing happens. It's it's just there's a lot. And the politics and the business can become a part of it, and that's when it becomes the players to say, hey, we're just here to play football. Let's just keep the main thing the main thing.
3: Booty, can I sneak two Buckeye questions in here real quick? For sure. All right, so what did you think this week against Penn State? I, I just thought this week, especially in the fourth quarter, They look so good right now. I can't remember the last time they've been able to – you know, the defense stepped up uh, against Penn State in the fourth quarter, and I just, like, I can't wait till Michigan now because that's all that circled.
1: You have no idea. I'm actually trying to get back to that game. I want to come so bad just because of the way that they have been playing this year. And like you said, the defense showing up against Penn State. Penn State was a tough game, but they showed up, dude, and that was fun to watch.
3: Yeah, and, I mean – Let's face it; you enjoy seeing your team beat Harbaugh. Let's not let's not lie. Let's not let's not sugarcoat this.
1: You have no idea how fun <laughs> it is to watch that, especially because he took it so serious every year. But he didn't, and it always drove me nuts.
3: <laughs> I want to be standing next to you for Ohio State wins. That's that's my dream. What's the best oh, part of that rivalry?
1: What? Oh, just I think, and honestly, when uh, when Earl Bruce used to come back and tell stories and talk about it, talk about the legacy, and about how the coaches just took that week so serious. Like, all the doors got locked, and everything was like, this is us versus them, and everybody's going to watch. The whole world is going to be watching. You were just so hyped to go out there in the fights before the game. Like, you saw that Michigan State-Michigan fight, right? That stuff really yeah. happened. Like, we used to walk through there and just swing as hard as we could. <laughs> hey, this is us. This is who we are. This is what we're gonna do. And it was—it's just the rivalry. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about going down that tunnel, and being booed by all those people. And you're like, I love this so much.
3: I mean, I gotta be honest with you. I remember being on the field in front of South stands, and I saw guys in the marching band punching guys from Michigan in the kidney as they went by them.
2: Right. right, guys in the marching band, guys punching in the marching band. football players. Yeah, like I remember. I can't remember who it was. Dude, that was a nasty trumpet section. Oh, uh,
3: I just I. But that's what it's. I mean, I'm not saying that's what it's all. What it should be all about. But when I see guys in the marching band <laughs> punching guys from Michigan walking by South stands, oh, I'm like, what's going on here? This is crazy. I'm like, that's when you know it's real. I'm like, that guy could dump you in two seconds, man. You want to be the trombone? What was it? Was it the trombone player that got nailed at USC a long time ago? Remember that during the run back. I mean, yeah. that's what – I'm looking at that. I'm like, "Are you guys are – I mean, man, that script Ohio is great, but I don't know that I'm <laughs> punching the other guys on the other team.
1: Yeah, you are. Dude, that game is so lively. Yeah, it is am- I'm telling you, it's the way they make you feel and the way that the world deck builds it up. And we all know it's the biggest rivalry in all the sports. Come on, now, dude, let's not be silly.
3: In fact – it's true. In fact, we didn't – when I was at Channel 10 in Columbus, we did an investigative story on – do you remember Tim Bianca lost his helmet and then went off against the Buckeyes? So he was wearing, like, a backup helmet that didn't fit. One of the guys in the marching band stole his helmet uh, you know, the night before. Yes. Yes. And we did, like, this whole – it was awesome. It was so funny. We we uh, digitized his face and did this whole thing. It was, it was was. But, I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, it's yeah. just – I don't know. I'm I'm glad that that tradition still exists, even though, you know, we're living in the time of NIL. And, and like, you know, you were talking about the professionalism in – in pro football, I mean it's it's there in college now too, you know. Uh, but it's always kind of been there a little bit, but now it's out, man. Like but now everyone's now it's, there. it's real.
1: Exactly, because people are paying you a ton of money and now they expect you, things from you. And that's why I always thought this would be a bad idea. When college kids there are no expectations, there's nothing to go out and do. They just keep amazing you every week, but now that they're getting paid money, you're like, "Oh, did you really make that throw?" Oh boy.
2: Oh boy. Like, it's
1: just you're seen differently.
2: Booney Brown's on a bye week. Best thing about a bye week in the NFL is what?
1: Everybody else in your conference losing.
2: Boom. Mm -hmm. Like it. Drop the mic. Alex, thank you, buddy. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Alex Boone, former Buckeye, former NFL offensive lineman, former St. Ed Eagle, joining us on the North Olmstead, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge Ram, Hotline little bit of news coming out of Houston, gentlemen. Brandon
3: Cooks, they are in the midst of practice for the Houston Texans. Brandon Cooks, not on the field at practice. Doesn't mean a trade that's going to happen or anything like that, but just interesting, wasn't on the injury report, not out on the field at practice today in Houston.
2: Brandon Cooks. Is Aaron Rodgers in the parking lot with a limo? Could he be in the bathroom? Could be. Just H- saying. Hiding. Maybe. They, they it can't find you. Jeff, it wouldn't be
3: a limo. It would be a VW bus that was vintage but has been completely renovated.
2: Driving down to South America. Exactly. Jeff. Just Dude. pulling
3: out, holding his tea.
2: Dude, you heard what Alex Boone said about the creativity, yet safe creativity. I loved that about the Browns game last night. Trade deadline coming up. Things are happening. TJ Hawkinson on the move. Who do you want to see coming to the Browns, folks? Let's be buyers, shall we? It's Baskin of Phelps here on The Fan.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.